Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Today, I'm going to be speaking about Mary of Bethany and the extravagant devotion that she had to Jesus. And that it's not just a story from the Gospels, but it's an example and something that can also inspire us to live like that. To start off, I want to talk about um, why it's so important um, to take her story, to be inspired by her story, and to use her story as an example. What's about God's first priority? That is that we love God with all of our heart. From the beginning... God has wanted and desired that the church establish the first commandment in the first place in the church. And he's doing it now, worldwide. We must intentionally cooperate with God's grace and the Spirit to cultivate the first commandment in our hearts. Jesus said in Matthew 22, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the great commandment. Now, we need to ask the Holy Spirit, how can we make this commandment not be the first commandment in our head, but in our heart and in our soul and everything we do also? Jesus gave us many examples, and Mary of Bethany is one of those. Now, loving God with all of our heart is the first commandment. Because it is his first priority. The great, it is great because it has great impact on God's heart and our heart. It is the greatest lifestyle. Just look to John 15. John 15 talks about us being the branches and Jesus being the vine. And apart from the vine, we can do nothing. He tells us to abide in his love, to abide in him. And this is how there can be worth, but worth to Jesus in our life. And without it, we are rendered worthless. He says he, he takes up those branches that don't produce any fruit and he throws them into a fire. We want to be a people that produces fruit, but we have to prioritize what God's first priority is for us, and that is to love him. Now, let's get in. There's three portions that I want to talk about, three expressions of Mary of Bethany's devotion to Jesus, extravagant devotion to Jesus that I want to talk about. And the first one is feeding on the word. And if you want to, go to Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. And I'll get to that later. See, Mary was never mentioned in the book of Acts. She never was a major topic in church history. Nonetheless, the Lord, uh, she will be known forever for her extravagant love for Jesus. And Jesus would say this. To her and about her. Yet she's often forgotten. Now when I talk about extravagant, extravagant love, I want to talk about that adjective. It means lacking restraint 
wasteful, squandering, lavish, excessive, imprudent, reckless, irresponsible, costing too much money, exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate, excessive, outrageous, extreme, unwarranted, unnecessary, needless. This is what that word means. And this is the word to describe Mary's commitment and devotion and love to Jesus. Now, the world would say, in the worldly wisdom, all these things is worthless. It's needless. We don't need that. But Jesus says otherwise. This speaks of the calling on our lives to live extravagantly in our own personal lives when no one is looking. This is really important to cultivate this. You know, you see those people out there who seem to want to show off their righteousness. You know, it's called um, self-righteousness. They pray out loud in the, on the street corners. Jesus warned us of this to not be like the Gentiles. But he tells us the most important thing is to go into your inner rooms, close the door, and go to the Father who is in secret, who sees you in secret and rewards you in secret. He's talking about that secret place. That is how we first cultivate it. This is the most important thing uh, to consider. Now, going to Luke 10, verse 38. It says this. A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I want to break that down a little bit. It's not really saying much. A woman named Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus to hear his word. It's not really much, but it is a big deal. So when it says that she heard his word, reading scripture is meant to help us talk with God by giving us the conversational material used in devotional prayer. Now, Jesus, we all know that in 1 John, John 1, Jesus is the word of God. And when Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, she's hearing the Word of God just like we can have the Word of God in her own Bible. It's conversational material. Whether that's us talking to God or God talking to us on all levels in our life. Whether that's crisis. Whether that's personal need. Whether that's um, how, to do, how to love the church well. How to love God well. How to worship God. To knowing God's story for us. Our, His calling for us. There's so much in there. It's living and breathing. David knew this. In Psalm 1-2, it's written, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates day and night. That's the righteous man. The man who takes the word of God, who meditates on it day and night, because he knows the word is the Lord. And in the presence of God is like the temple written in Psalm 27.4. One thing I have desired that the Lord, that in the Lord, that I may dwell in his house all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. As we meditate in the word and as we meditate in the temple or his presence, this is the one thing that we should desire. Because it is how we cultivate that love and that extravagant devotion. She sat at Jesus' feet. In this uh, passage, the Holy Spirit is emphasizing 
Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus to hear his word. Mary's mentioned on three occasions, three occasions in the Gospels, where she's mentioned either sitting or facing the feet of Jesus. Each time the Spirit highlights her uh, in her devotion and her commitment to the Lord. The significance of sitting at the feet of Jesus shows, one, the intimacy and the nearness of being at the feet of the Lord, but also the reverence and the exaltation of Jesus. And that is something that we need to consider in our own personal lives with Jesus. Yes, Jesus is a near God. who He loves us deeply. We can draw near in intimacy in our relationship with Him. But yes, we must have the fear of the Lord and we must exalt Him with our, with our tongues and with our commitments. Now going back to verse 40, it says this, But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached Him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. Now, when it says that she's distracted, Martha was distracted with much serving. And she was worried and she was troubled. She was bothered by many things. Jesus did, uh, did not correct Martha for serving, but she was serving with the wrong spirit, with the wrong heart. Martha received a, much, uh, received a correction similar to the one that Jesus gave the church in Ephesus. If you go in Ephesus, Jesus says in, in uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 2 and 4, he says, I know your works. I know uh, and, and you have labored for, for my name's sake, and you have become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And that is the core and the principle of what Jesus is saying to Martha. Now, you can do these things. They're, they're really good. We are called to be servants. We are called to be servants of the church, to serve the poor, the orphans, the widows, but if we're doing it the wrong heart, it's all worthless. James 2.17 says this, Even so, faith, if it has no works, it is dead being itself. Service is a result of our love and our commitment to Jesus. Otherwise, we experience burnout. We experience bitterness. We experience offense. And how often do we see this? It's way too common in the church. Now going back um, to verse 41, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worthy, uh, worried and you are bothered about many things. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will, be take, which will not be taken away from her as long as she shall live. One thing is necessary. Sitting at the feet of Jesus positions us to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to settle the issues of how important our heart posture is in our lifestyle. There is no substitute for this. This is the most important thing. Now, I want to tell you a story about two years ago. It's about this time, two years ago. I was living a distracted life. I was very, um, I was very preoccupied with um, my education, with my work, with people in my life, with hobbies and things like that. And I did not prioritize loving Jesus. I did not prioritize cultivating His love 
are cultivating my relationship with him in the secret place. One evening, the Lord came to me in a dream. It was very powerful. And my life flashed before me in my eyes. In the dream, he showed me all which I have wasted. All of the things that are worthless, that are vain, that will vanish in this lifestyle. And then he showed me all of what I can have if I turn to him. If I make him my priority in the secret place. And that was the word that came to me. The secret place. It was a very, very quick dream. I don't remember much. But when I woke up in the morning, I had a physical pain in my stomach. It was aching and the Lord was telling me, prioritize the secret place. Prioritize your love for me. And I have not been the same since. Yes, I don't do it perfectly. But I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit. I'm partnering with His grace. That every day, that make it my priority. That I be with Jesus. That I commit to Him in the secret place. Just like Mary did. To do the good part. The one thing that is necessary. Jesus honored the wisdom and the power of this lifestyle by calling it good. And I'll tell you this. When Jesus says something is good, it's pretty darn good. Mary chose this lifestyle. We must also choose it. No one can choose it for us. Now, growing up, um, I grew up on a farm with a bunch of, I had uh, 11 siblings, so I had a big family. Um, and my dad was a, a man who loved the Lord. Both my parents loved the Lord, and they really wanted us to, to love the Lord and have a relationship with Him. But there was a period in my life when I was about maybe eight or nine years old. Um, my dad would wake us up at like 6 a.m., it was like 5 a.m., super early, still dark outside. And he would have us do a prayer meeting to pray to God, and um, I think we would sing hymns and things like that. But gosh, I hated it. It was awful. The, my, my, my father's intentions were that we would cultivate a prayer life with him. But I did not see that. I was thinking about, I want to go back to bed. I want to be in my warm blanket. I want to eat. I don't want to be here. I'm not paying attention to anything. The point of me saying this is, we cannot do this on our, uh, we cannot, this cannot be forced upon us. No one can force this upon us. It has to be prompted by the Lord. We have to see it and engage it with ourselves in our own hearts. And that's what, I'm, what I hope for you guys today, that the Lord would really put this on your heart. And this cannot be taken away. You see, once we co cooperate with the Lord, once we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, once we make this priority in our life, which is His priority, it cannot be taken away. The Lord will give us the grace. Jesus prophesied to, Mary, uh, to Mary's heart of devotion that would not be taken away from her. Grace for her lifestyle of extravagant devotion could be sustained throughout her life if she had continued to choose it. At the judgment seat of Christ, uh, at the judgment seat of Christ, her life will be rewarded, and the same would be for us. Jesus will openly reward us if we choose the same dedicated life um, of extravagant love, feeding on His Word in the secret place. Now. From this secret place, from being at the feet of Jesus, from feeding on her word, this goes into other, it will spill over into other areas in her life where it's deeply important to the Lord. Mary's extravagant, extravagant, extravagant devotion also came in times of crisis. But her heart being devoted to the Lord 
no offense came to her. She was unoffended. One of the most important expressions of extravagant love is trusting Jesus through times of crisis and through times of trouble, but trusting his leadership. Now, how often are we offended at the Lord when he doesn't intervene, when we think he'll intervene, or when we think his timing would be? How often have we become offended at God in times of trouble when we needed him most? In the Gospel of John, we see the story of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus who had become sick. Jesus had promised that he would use Lazarus' sickness and Lazarus' death to glorify the Lord. But there was two reactions between Martha and Mary that are significantly different. It is all to the core of the heart. Now, if you go to John 11, I'm just going to skip around a little bit. So in the first verse, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town where Mary and her sister Martha lived. The sisters sent him, saying, Lord, he whom you, uh, he, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus, heard that he, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So when Jesus came to Lazarus, Lazarus had already uh, been in the tomb for four days. Martha called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher is calling for you. She arose quickly and came to him. When Mary saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, Jesus wept. You see, Mary expected Jesus to intervene sooner, to intervene faster uh, by healing Lazarus before he died. But when Jesus heard, when Jesus heard us, he said, no, this would not be unto death, but it would be eventually, it would eventually be unto the glorification of my father. And Mary knew that. And Mary's commitment to the Lord and her devotion to the Lord proved that she was unoffended as she fell down at his feet and she wept. And this moved Jesus. So she fell on his feet to worship and to weep. She trusted Jesus' leadership instead of becoming offended at him. He was moved by he was moved to tears by seeing her worship of him and trusting of him and, and that weeping of pain. He wept. And eventually he would go into the tomb and he would bring Lazarus back to, to life. But this story is meant to be to inspire our life. And to encourage us in times of crisis. When the finances don't work out. When um, your grades are failing. When there, there is difficult relationships that you're in. And you're expecting the Lord to meet. And it doesn't happen at that timing. We can still live through the pain. We can still live through that trouble. But not be offended at the Lord. Because, because we know that He is near. We know that we have been devoted to him, and he is devoted to us. And this is meant to inspire us in times of crisis. Mary's extravagant devotion also inspires us in our wasted, a wasteful giving, our wasteful lifestyle with resources. In the Gospel of Mark, if you want to go to Mark 14, I'll read that in a minute. Mary's lifestyle of choosing good by hearing the word of God equipped her for further good, and choices. First of all, 
unusual acts of devotion come from cultivating a spirit of devotion as a lifestyle. Cultivating, um, cultivating a giving heart, cultivating a heart that does not care about the consequences from the worldly, from the uh, from the world's perspective, but how much it moves the Father, and how much um, we will be rewarded uh, when we get to heaven. Now, going to Mark fourteen, verse three. Being in Bethany at the house of Simon, as he sat at the table, a woman, Mary, came to him with an alabaster flask, a very costly oil of spunkered perfume. She broke the flask and poured it on his head. Some were indignant and said, Why was this oil wasted? It, it might have been sold for 300 denarii, that's a year's wage, and given to the poor. They criticized her simply, or they criticized her sharply. Jesus said, let her, let her alone. She had done a good work for me. Wherever this gospel is preached, what this woman has done will be told as memorial to her. It was very costly. 300 denarii. Imagine that. Imagine all of the work that you've done for one year to buy one thing just to pour it out over the, feet, over the head of Jesus. Is a great and extravagant financial cost. And she was deeply criticized for this. Now, on the outside looking in, at first glance, you can kind of relate to the, the uh, disciples. Yeah, that kind of was a waste. You can definitely uh, have given a lot of uh, resources to the poor. Mary wiped uh, his feet with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance. When, when we give extravagantly, it's like the fragrance of the perfume that Jesus poured over the Lord. They were criticized. She was criticized. The apostles appealed to uh, serving the poor as the reason to criticize her uh, to uh, criticize her extravagance. That is, they appealed to the scriptural mandate to help the poor. We could have used all this money to go out and to help the poor, to help the widow, to do soup kitchens or whatnot. But that was not the root of their heart. They did not see the heart of Mary. Those who love Jesus, like Mary, will receive criticism sometimes when those who want the gift of salvation without deeply loving Jesus. Like Martha in serving the disciples or those who criticized Jesus, but they criticized Mary, it was an issue of the heart, not of the mandate to actually go out and serve. Now, why, is, why this waste is what they said. Why this waste? The world will criticize us. Why this waste of wasting our lives serving the Lord extravagantly, giving our, our, our talents, giving up our, our heart, our minds, our intelligence, everything to serve the Lord? Why this waste? Anything above minimum commitment to God is seen as unnecessary waste, even within the church. We are in this world, but we are not from it. So our lives should not depend on its standards. The wasted commitment and extravagant commitment to Jesus is the standard of heaven. And that is what we are to live by. And that is what Mary was living by. He said, let her alone. Jesus defended Mary, and he will openly defend us in our extravagant commitment 
with our resources, with our time, with our ministry, and with our service to the Lord. The worship team can go ahead and uh, come on up. A good work. A year earlier in Luke 10, which we just read, Jesus had commanded Mary for choosing, committed Mary for choosing the good part and sitting at his feet to hear his word. She developed her personal history in God in this way. In the same way, the Lord would go back to that very commitment that we made years ago, whenever we made it, to prioritize sitting at his feet, cultivating the secret place, meditating in his temple, meditating on the word, feeding on his word, all the days of our life. And from this will come an outpouring of, outpouring of extravagant devotion in all spheres of our lives. If we, if we cooperate with the Spirit and by His grace, this will be the most important thing that we can do in our life. It is essentially loving the Lord. Mary's extravagant devotion is remembered by others because God remembers it. C.T. Studd wrote, only one life till will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So if you're here today and you're thinking that in any of these three areas you've seen lacking, you might find it hard to prioritize the secret place, fitting, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Maybe it's with your resources. Maybe it's with your lifestyle. Maybe you've seen offense in times of crisis towards the Lord, to your pain, to disappointment at the Lord's timing. The Spirit is speaking to you. If the Holy Spirit is saying, come back to the secret place, come sit at my feet, come feed from the Word, come get the bread of life, the Lord is speaking this over you, over you and you want prayer. Please stand up. Any of these areas. And we have uh, plenty of people here that can pray with you. If you guys want to come up front to receive prayer. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.